to R and Co Talk Radio, where beauty icons and influencers, thought leaders, salon owners, trendsetters, and more take the spotlight. R and Co Talk Radio. Welcome to R&Co Talk Radio. I'm Allison Alhamid, and today's guest is our newest director of color education, Renee Valerie. She just joined the team. I'm so excited to get to know her and thought I would bring you along on the journey with me. So please join me in welcoming Renee both to this podcast and also to R&Co, and we're going to spend the next 30 minutes or so getting to know each other. Okay, so Renee Valerie, you're based in Brooklyn. Where are you originally from? I'm from Sydney, Australia. So born and raised in Sydney, and then I, I've lived in America 12 years now. So I feel like it's a third of my life in America now. <laughs> and did you move directly from Sydney to New York? No, I bounced across the country. So I've had the pleasure of living in Long Beach, California. So that was the very first um, Welcome to America. I had a, a grand plan or <laughs> scheme in it all. Um, no, but I love Long Beach, California. That was my first like introduction to America and I still hold it really dear to my heart. But I was there for two years and then I left California, moved to Dallas, Texas and was there for two and a half years. And then I moved to New York. So I think I've been in New York eight years almost now. Is it like forever New York for you? I think so. It's really a hard one. I feel like once you live in New York, it's hard to go anywhere else, but I also like to go with the flow. So I don't commit long-term to it because you never know where the um, life will take you, but I do really love New York. I think there's something special about it. Even through the crazy times, it's still like dear to my heart as well. Yeah, I love, there is something really special about being in New York because I live in Chicago and I feel like you can walk eight blocks and you've visited eight different countries or like it, there's so much life and culture and like you can experience so many different walks of life and moments and like so many cool things at all hours of the day. And it's so cool and so alive. And, you know, being in a creative field, it probably keeps you super inspired. Oh, a hundred percent. I love Chicago too. Chicago is one of my favorite places to go. There's great food there. Uh, <laughs> good food. Our food is what keeps us warm in the winter. Time. Right. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I love about New York as well. It's like, it's so multicultural that it's almost like everybody is from somewhere else. So it's really easy to be from somewhere else and live in New York. Um, and you just are literally immersed in every culture. You have every cuisine. It's really inspiring. So. So tell me a little bit about the hair world. And so I've known you from your past, but only from like seeing you on stage. Wow. I never really got to interview you or talk to you or anything. So I'm super excited to get this time with you. And as soon as Elisa was telling me that you were joining the team, I was just so excited because first of all, I love Elisa. I just think she's such a talent and she knows talent. Good talent knows talent. And when she mentioned you, I was like, oh my God, that's so great. And then it's going to be, you're our director of color education. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Amazing. Get some strong female leaders in our color world that's going to be launching soon. And so tell me a little bit about the hair history. Did you go to cosmetology school? Did you apprentice? Tell me about that. Yeah. So I started really young. So I started in Australia. I was like 15 and 10 months or something when I started hairdressing. Is that pretty normal in Australia to start yeah. when you're still? Yeah. So you, you do like a four-year apprenticeship. Well, you did at least when I did it. So I started in 2001 and yeah, I did a, an apprenticeship in Australia. I worked at a few salons. 
I still love like all my old bosses that I ever worked for in Australia. I love them to pieces. And I think they really helped mold me into who I am today. And that's really where I started. Obviously, apprenticing, I think, is just such a great way to get into the industry because you learn from people who are super experienced, but you're also getting on the job experience at the same time and dealing with customers and things like that. But I got into competing in hair color and hairdressing competitions out there and then educating as well. And I started educating like properly in Australia. I was actually a hair cutting educator back then. I know, (laughs) a little crazy, but I do all the color as well. So I've always done both in the salon, but color is closer to my heart. I'm, I'm definitely more passionate about color education. And then when I moved to America, I switched to the color team full-time and just was educating color. And I felt like that was definitely where I needed to be. I've had a lot of really great mentors along the way, and especially some that were trying to tell me for a long time to switch to color. And I didn't listen at first, but then I, when I finally did, I, uh, I understand why they were pushing me to do it. And yeah, and then I was educating from the moment I moved to America and sort of worked my way up in my previous company throughout the education program, which I'm super grateful to have that opportunity. And that's what sort of lends me to be here where I am right now. (laughs) Tell me about the competition. So back in Australia, you were doing, you said it was color specific competitions. Oh yeah. So I, I worked for a really great guy. His name is Martin Heaton, and he was really big in hair competition world and things like that. I think hair competitions are actually really cool, especially when you're an apprentice, because you learn to do things really fast and efficient and really have to do it perfect because, you know, you're being judged. But I did, I remember, competed in color competition. I think I won like New South Wales color like the color award for in one of those competitions. I did a lot of styling in those competitions and they're, they're crazy. Like what you need. Crazy, but so cool. But so cool. You got like 15 minutes to do an immaculate hairstyle, but I think like there's so much structure that you learn from getting ready for those things and just really being immersed in like the different sides of the industry. And that's what I love about this industry. There's so many different ways that you can go in your career and just because you choose one way doesn't mean you can't pivot later on and it's just a really good way to always stay inspired. One of the other things I love about competitions is it allows you as an artist to do stuff that you would never do on an everyday client and so tell me a little bit about when you're fantasizing about like the look you want to create this finish what did that look like for you, you know, in 2001, two, three, like what was the color pairing? Like what was the look? Well, you know, it's really funny. I, uh, I was looking at images the other day, you know, you get memories on your phone and everything. And uh, I was looking at some of the stuff I did. It's funny how the palettes still stick with me. So I worked a lot with redheads back then, like artificially creating redheads. And I still think red hair color is like one of my favorite things to do. But I did a lot of, it's just pairing the right tones with tones that really sort of make them pop. Like 
doing a really bright copper with a really bright like sunflower yellow and things like that. It works, but it's not traditional. And then everything like wardrobe, head to toe, making sure all the color schemes sort of connects and sort of really just pairs well. So they, your model looks striking and is attention worthy type of thing, but tastefully, I think is the most important thing. In many of these competitions, the judges have, you know, their scoring sheet and it's everything from color placement and technical work to the actual, you know, like formulation all the way down to the station cleanliness and sanitation and how neat and tidy you are when you are working under pressure like that. Where would you say you rank the highest and where would you say you rank the lowest? Okay. I'm good at organization. So I'm a super duper organized person and time management is big with me. Like my time management starts the moment I wake up um, because I try and work out, do my hair in time. for. I dry my hair naturally. I let it air dry. So I have to work out by a certain time so I can wash my hair, let it dry naturally before I have to be seen, all that sort of stuff. So I I think time management, I'm pretty good at. Ooh, where I don't rank the highest, I probably is making sure that I bring my ideas down so I don't have like too many crazy things going on at once. I just have to limit what I put out, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. I love that answer. I feel like that was the perfect answer during a job interview when someone was like, what are your greatest strengths and weaknesses? And you're supposed to take your weakness and turn it into a strength. So A plus, that was perfect. (laughs) So director of color education, what does that person do? And are you going to be traveling a lot if you are able to travel a lot? How are you going to be working with Co? I'm just so, so super pumped that you're here and just want to know everything. Okay. So director of color education, what that means or what that's going to entail. I'm sort of putting together a lot of the color education for Co Color or Iron Color. So everything to help support salons. So I think with any amazing color range, there has to be education to support the hairdresser. So they're going to have the most successful opportunity with the actual product line as well. So there is so much going on right now. And I absolutely love it because it's nice to be able to create something that you know is going to have a really positive impact on our industry as well. So putting together all like programs, terminology, all all that sort of fun stuff and all the creative stuff as well. And then working really closely with Richie Kandasami, who I absolutely love as well, as he's heading up their color development. So I think what's really cool about it is there's so much to do, but we have such a strong team of you know, super experienced colorists that we're all coming together and really creating something that's, I think is innovative and is what industry needs as well. And I think our industry as a whole, with everything that's been going on lately, we need to be inspired. We need to be energized. And I think that's what we're going to be bringing to the table. So. Oh, yay. Well, I can't wait. I'm so excited. My next question is, you made a leap to join R&Co. And to kind of like from the ground up, build something. And so that is so cool to just be able to be at that level in your career where you're ready to do something more beyond the creativity side of things. Like you're literally building something from the ground up. And it's just what a cool feeling to get your fingerprints all over something that we know is going to be high performance, high quality, transformational, all the wonderful things. 
but you made a choice to join R&Co. And so for me, like I know I left a job where I was for 12 years to join R&Co. And I was so connected with so many hair care brands and knew so many people and knew like blah, blah, blah. But I chose R&Co for my own personal reasons. So I'm curious for you, what were your personal reasons with why you chose R&Co? That's a really good question. So there's a lot of things that made me choose and, and I'm really happy that they wanted me as well. I've definitely had my eye on R&Co for a while, in all honesty, because I think like as a brand, like right now, styling products and definitely like really great education being led by Adam as well on the cutting side and styling side. But what I see, it, it's an energy to me. And I think I, I'm a big on following the energy and, you know, I like to think the universe guides me in the right direction, but everything I see is I really love the ethical side of the company. So I love everything that R&Co is doing on a sustainability side, you know, being vegan, being gluten-free. I just think all these things are really good, not just for the environment, but they're also good for the stylists that are going to be using the products. I've been a hairdresser for a minute and I want to be for another minute. So I'm really conscious about what I touch on a daily basis and what I'm exposing myself to. And I really love where R&Co is at and also where it's going as well. But I think on just like on an innovation side of things, it's progressive, you know, it's inspiring. There's so much you know, it's not stagnant. And I think, you know, I, I'm an educator and my job is to inspire people all of the time and to help other people, but I also need to be inspired. And that's something that I definitely see from R&Co is something that I'm going to be enrolled in the whole time and I'm going to be energized and I want to go to work. <laughs> so on my life guys that are listening, I did not prep her for that question. <laughs> that was just the best answer ever. It's going to be like, you've got to be really happy with what you're doing. And when I do something, I want to do it long-term as well. So I want something that's going to consistently be inspiring me because I love our industry, but we all know that it's easy to get in a, a rut sometimes. So I think kind of aligning yourself with friends or people that inspire you consistently is, is the really the only way to do it. So, oh. So cool. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Arnco is just cool. Like Arnco is just a really cool brand. And I love that it's so led by hairdressers mm-hmm. and that no product's going to get launched just for the sake of launching something new. There was a need for it and a demand for it from both the consumer and the stylist. And how do you see that translating into color? Where do you see some of the most innovation happening that you're really pumped about? Oh my God. I don't, I don't know how much I'm allowed to speak about <laughs> the color. That's the thing. Um, but I'm super excited. So I've been working with Richie and Elisa and the rest of the team on the, the color for a little bit now. And I think what I love the most is the concept of some of the things I love about the styling products are being pushed over into their color line as well. So just the ethical side of things, the sustainability side of things. It's not something I've seen a lot in hair color in the past. And I've worked with, you know, over my career, a lot of different brands and things. And I see it every now and then like bits and pieces of it in styling products, but not so much in color. And as a colorist, I'm, I'm touching these products all the time. I'm, you know, I'm right over them. I want to know that everything I'm working with is 
the healthiest option that it can be for myself as well as the clients. So I'm loving everything that's coming into the formulations and everyone that's putting those things into place. I think that's really exciting. And the options of what we're able to create. So I know, you know, Richie has been putting his heart and soul into this color line and what is happening with the formulations and just the options that we have to create tones. I love to get creative with formulas. I love to customize like my shades for everyone in the chair. I don't generally just use one tube of color on someone. So knowing how these colors are actually looking and and they're formulated, it's really cool to all the possibilities that you actually have to create customized formulas for your clients. I think that's what I'm super duper excited about and the health of the hair afterwards it's like incredible and we all know that if the hair is not healthy the color is not going to look good so you know that's a huge one for me oh amazing and have you experimented at all with like the gemstone collection or bright shadows like what about our styling products and wetline products but how it complements color and what are your thoughts so I'm addicted to gemstone right now the entire line so my favorite thing is I actually have it right next to me as right now is the ultra shine glossing treatment I'm, I'm completely obsessed my only complaint is it's not in a liter size that's it I know that's I need a larger size a hundred percent because I have got all my clients addicted to it too and I was just talking to a client the other day and she's like that treatment is insane my hair has never felt like that before and I'm like I know and I'm only going to see you in the right direction, but that is my probably like all time favorite treatment and literally you just need to use it like once a week and it does the job. But the gemstone shampoo conditioner in itself, it is definitely my favorite. And I love the size. I travel with that all the time. So, and television, love television. It's love awesome. television. You and the rest of the world. <laughs> but this gemstone, I'm telling you, it's the ultra shine glossing treatment. You said use it once a week. I, I can't help myself. Sometimes I wash my hair just so I can put it in again. Like yeah. I'm just obsessed with it. Detangling in the shower is so easy. So and then it, when you go to blow it out, like the ends are nice and smooth. Everything is hydrated and luxe and rich and it helps your color look better. I'm just completely obsessed. It just makes your hair look expensive basically. And who doesn't want expensive hair? So. <laughs> so I've been interviewing a lot of colorists recently on our podcast and everybody says expensive when it comes to the most in-demand color finished. Yeah. They want their client's hair color to look expensive. And so what would you say is the definition of expensive looking hair color? I would say shine is huge, like intentional shine. We're not talking about like greasy, <laughs> greasy hair, but yeah, shine. So the result that you get from the ultra shine glossing treatment, that to me is like the epitome of expensive looking hair. I think like dimension as well. So we all know that brunettes are coming back into fashion, like full force right now. But a lot of my brunette clients, they want just that soft dimension. It's not like high contrast, anything like that, but really subtle sort of intricacies to the color with that really sort of beautiful sheen that to me looks expensive. So it's more that they look put together. They feel put together everything, you know, we have the power as a colorist to really impact someone's mood. So when the hair is glossy, it's shiny, it has that luxurious feel to it. I think that's, that to me is what expensive hair is. Well done. That's what I want. Sign me up. Where do I go? <laughs> so color is going to be launching hopefully soon within the next coming months. 
And I can't wait for Iron Co. to hit the road again with Renee in tow, leading the pack when it comes to color education and like trend and technique and just really kind of getting everybody up to speed on what expensive looking color is and (laughs) healthy is the way to go. So Renee, I'm just beyond grateful and excited to meet you. I'm going to pick your brain time and time and time and time and time again when it comes to everything color. I just think you're the best and I'm so grateful for the time. Oh, thank you. I super appreciate you taking time to talk to me. I'm so excited. I think this year is going to be a great year and I'm excited to share all the new stuff with everyone out there. When you need good hair, there's a place to-